Welcome, listener, to episode 156 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. Uh, Roll Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only podcast we need, in my opinion, although this week is extremely cursed, is why there's no cold open. I can't tell you a secret, listener. The cold open, we just record in order. We, I just go, what's a good cold open? And then Nate says some nonsense. And then I go, right. And then I mark the time down. And then we do the intro. And it was really good this week. I oh, did a whole bit. Are you, are, you, are you sad that I said, basically, we recorded 10 minutes of this podcast. First of all, we were 10 minutes late because something went wrong with Matthew's computer. And now we recorded 10 minutes of the podcast, but it broke. And only recorded 10 seconds of mine and then restarted. Uh, so we're starting again. We're now half an hour late. It's nearly midday. <laughs> And I had done this whole great vignette about having my tooth taken out and it ended with like a description of a cursed version of The Lion King where Simba's got a crayfish's face and he speaks ancient Aramaic. It was great. It was genuinely you're never, really, really, really strong. Uh, <laughs> you're nev- never going to hear it now, are you? Anyway, couldn't you, couldn't, out. you couldn't just repeat it. It wouldn't have the I same have, I haven't got time. I haven't got time for you two to repeat your, your natural banter. <laughs> 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 it's no, you can you can't uh, can't rebottle lightning, can you? Oh, anyway, this week is going to be uh, about the best doctors in games, um, which means that yeah, I, Alice Bell, am joined this week by Doctor Doctor. Hello, from oh. the famous joke. <laughs> is it so? Your last name is Doctor. Uh, yes. Yeah, uh, and undergrad Robotnik. And again, I've done a great bit about working on my PhD, which was all about putting animals inside robots and yeah. implied that my supervisor was Sonic the Hedgehog and that the entire backstory of the Sonic games started with Robotnik snapping during his Viva, but again, lost like tears in rain. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's just occurred to me that, sh- Matthew, does that mean that your, your father is Mr. Doctor? Oh, no, he was also a doctor. Okay. But if you become uh, a consultant one day, you get to be Mr. Doctor again, don't you? Uh, is that how it works? Yeah, when you're a consultant, you're not a doctor anymore. You, you, it loops back around and then you're a Mr. again. What do they like? Does a warlock sort of suck your PhD out of you? Yeah. No, I don't know why. It's like it's, it goes Mr. Doctor and then, and then Mr. again. I don't know. Mega Mr. And yeah. then finally Admiral. Yeah. <laughs> Admiral Doctor. <laughs> Maybe yeah, you should have you should have gone into the Navy, Doctor Doctor. And then <clears throat> There's a lot of boats that get very sick. <sighs> they certainly do. It's true. How are you, um, Alice? What? How are you? Yeah, right, yeah. Busy. It's getting to Q4, lot on. You know. Q4. That is the most business thing you've ever said. <laughs> lot of stuff happened. It's Christmas, mate. Which it's is your favourite Q? I used to be Q1 because nothing came out in Q1. You got sort of three, four months of just quite chilled out mm. in, in the games industry. And then a few people like Capcom noticed that if you brought something out in January, February, it was guaranteed to, to do oh, well. Everyone does that now. Yeah. So, it's so, so rude. Sort of Q2 is the new Q1, I guess. <laughs> but now there are so many games that there is no Q, you know. Let's just mm. make a Q5. Well, like when the Romans just crammed extra days into the calendar. Yeah, that was the power of the Romans and it should be recaptured. <laughs> uh, I, I should ask you how you both are because I asked Matthew how he was. Uh, and he said he's got a, a cursed tooth. There's a whole other good bit about going to the dentist. Yeah, it was all right. I'm not, I'm not so sad that we lost that bit. <laughs> You're not sold on that? <laughs> uh, not really. You know what? Because it, it's, it's just, your, it's your just tooth yet shame. more of me being like a giant like, man-child and not being able to take care of myself, which I should, well, yeah, it, I should probably it, it, try and stop sort of making that my personal brand just in case like potential employers are listening. Well, in, in fairness, like that, that whole bit about the dentist was predicated on you uh, being, you were too embarrassed to go to the dentist because uh, he always tells you off drinking too many fizzy drinks and then you say, oh, I'm going to stop, but you don't. And our response to that was predicated on the idea that it was impossible for you to stop. Have mm-hmm. you considered stopping drinking fizzy drinks? 
Well, yeah, I mean, the, the green, he basically said there's no point having dental work if you're just going to drink more fizzy drinks afterwards. So I was like, well, I just don't have the dental work and I'll carry on drinking fizzy <laughs> drinks. Um, it's my, well, actually, it was going to be like my big going away tour for fizzy drinks at Christmas, uh, but I it's remember, now September. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a bit like where, when pop stars say that they're doing their last tour and then they do like 20 more. You know, like, is it really Elton John's farewell tour? Probably not. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Just uh, had a blindingly lucid image of you on like a a stadium stage with like a crowd going absolutely insane as you demolish a two litre bottle of like Fanta. <laughs> yeah. It's niche, but it's good. The lights are good. That's what really sells people on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the light show. Yeah, it's the it's the it's not really me drinking the Fanta, it's the accompanying light show that I think people really come for. A massive magnesium lights just thundering to the same tempo as the the last two inches of Fanta at the bottom of the <laughs> bottle, sort of vibrating as you finish the chug. Yeah. <laughs> so big. God, I did like it does smack of one of those like like Daily Mail articles. Just the one that was like, I don't care what the woke brigade say, I'm still gonna put Liam Perrins in my bolognese or something. Like <laughs> I don't care what the dentist says, I'm still gonna drink Fanta. You see that now that's got big Adrian Charles energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, any fish updates, Nate? It's been a quiet week for the boys, actually. Um, I've just sort of had everything on, on maintenance, um, while I've been knuckling down some writing, but I've got big plans. Um, I've just rearranged a load of stuff in my room. I'm, I'm decommissioning a few smaller tanks to replace them with a large tank, which is going to be a Papua New Guinean riverbank, uh, aquascape. I'm very excited by that. Mm-hmm. What do the fish have to say about that? Uh, there's, there's been a small protest. Mm. Um, some negative media coverage on the fish blogs. But I'm just censoring it all with an iron hand. Nice. There you go. That's, that's the kind of fish keeping that Matthew can approve of. Yeah, this yeah. is it. It's l- lockdown for... Limbless vertebrates. Have, have either of you played Psychonauts 2? You have, Alice, haven't you? I reviewed it, yeah. You reviewed it? Of course you reviewed it, yeah. Um, there's a bit in that where there's a fish tank in Psychonauts headquarters and there's a oh, yeah. character who you encounter who's banging on the glass to try no. and get the fish to do something exciting. And I was like, yeah. yes, I yes, feel so I feel so seen. Representation <laughs> win. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, it is true. Like, it's, it's, it is... It's genuinely important to see people like yourself represented in art. Um, <laughs> I, have, I get that now. And for you, it's balance. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's more like it. Finally, some balance. <laughs> Matthew playing Psychonauts 2 and falling to his knees, weeping <laughs> silently. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I can get us onto the topic if you like. I was gonna, yeah, no, go for it. Try it, do a segue. Well, I've uh, I've I've fallen back into the Rimworld hole in a massive way over the last week or so, and I've come to realise that doctors are my favourite part of that game. Ta-da! Yeah, so we're talking about doctors this week. Um, which is inspired by the fact that I had to go to hospital for an outpatient procedure. I have to go to hospital a, more than the average person, less than some, but I would say more than many because I have so many things catastrophically wrong with my like how my body functions. It cannot function normally. Um, and my new thing, actually, I can't remember if I told you to this, but the medication I am on to uh, that is allegedly to make my body function normally it might in fact be poisoning my liver so I have to get a liver ultrasound in oh, a couple no. of weeks time but, but like in the meantime I was like should I, should I stop taking the, uh, the medication and they're like no <laughs> so, 
Oh, man. Can't they just <laughs> weld some armour onto your liver? Oh, that'd be quite good, wouldn't it? But this is why when people are like, oh, would you, you know, in cyberpunk things where it's like, if you have too many augmentations and change your body to too much of a robot, then you lose some of, you know, your human soul or whatever, which is a thing in um, Shadowrun. Very silly. Um, but I was just like, yeah, no, give me everything. Just put my brain in a jar on top of a, a vacuum. Love it. <laughs> Fantastic. They come in with a chart of all your organs and they're like, do you want to order these in, in order of how much you like them? Yeah. And then we'll just see what works. Yeah, when you exactly. said on top of a vacuum... I thought as in like a vacuum cleaner, I imagined your head puttering around on a Roomba. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. A Roomba would suit me fine, actually, because I could go and hide underneath um, sofas and things. That would be quite sweet, actually. Yeah, I, I endorse that. I, I would be okay with um, cyberpunky sort of modifications if they put me inside a Henry. A Henry Hoover, yeah. Mm. Or just the head, like, like a massive bloke. With like a huge tailored suit and the Henry the Hoover's face <laughs> leering out over the top. Time to clean up. <laughs> that is, that's the head of the Henry Corporation. That's what he looks like. That's what his first instruction was like, well, we're going to make this amazing Hoover and I want you to base it on my beautiful face. <laughs> also, all of your salaries are cut into half. Oh, no, but how are we going to feed our families? You're just going to have to looks to camera suck it up <laughs> oh my god he should suck half Boo. their salaries out of their pockets with his tube <laughs> nightmare <sighs> um but yeah uh so i was i was pushing around hospital again the other day and i just thought it'd be quite a good theme because but then and then i thought it was even more interesting as a theme because most of the doctors I could think of in video games were baddies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, um, uh, this is, again, like where my little, little armless uh, Rimworld porn doctors, not as in pornographic doctors, the, the colonists in that game are called pawns because they look like chess pawns. That's where they come into their own. They're all... They are. They feel like complete heroes to you. Um, have you played much RimWorld? No. I've played none. So it's uh, it's a top-down little. It's what is tends to be arbitrarily called a colony simulator rather than a city builder, because the focus is on individual people, and it's a sort of a space western space opera setting where you're on some bumhole of a planet and you get a selection of random chumps who you have to survive with and build up something like civilization. And the range of backgrounds people can have is incredible. They can be everything from like, you know, medieval oves who've been transported from some sort of feudal age planet, or they can be former naval surgeons uh, or anything in between. And they've all got different skills, which they can only improve by practicing them. So if you roll a game where you've got like a butcher uh, and an apocalypse survivor and, I don't know, like a dogfight promoter uh, or something awful like that, and they've got no good skills between them, you just have to fake it till you make it. And... Do loads of horrible, horrible attempts at wound dressing with someone until they can finally work out how to bandage a gunshot wound. Mm. And by the time they do, and you, you're a few years into your game and you've got this person confidently installing like bionic kidneys, you know, without a single bit of infection afterwards, you think, I'm so proud of you. You started off as a dogfighting promoter with a bad attitude and a wooden ear, but now you're a legitimate god of medicine. <laughs> <laughs> and that's heroism. But, yeah, clap, clap for that doctor. <laughs> who's, who's the worst doctor in games? As I in morally it, or bad at his job? Yeah, no, exactly. Like, oh, I'd, say, I'd say morally. There's not many games about medical malpractice, are there? 
Oh, there's a two-point hospital, I guess. Two-point hospital and theme hospital, but they're not really about malpractice. They're about yeah. making money. And it, it, in two-point hospital, if you like, if you're not good at curing them, it's fundamentally something daft that you, you mm. don't really, you know, always balloon. His head's a balloon, so you don't really worry about it as much. There's that one in Outlast who is naked apart from wearing one of those kind of uh, butcher's aprons and he's like he's stalking around one of the floors of the, the hospital and he looks like he sort of flayed himself a bit and he's just, he'll, he'll grab you and you have to hide under hospital beds from him. Do you remember him? I can't remember his name. Sounds like he might have lost his license. <laughs> yeah, well... To say the least. I tell you, if he told me to stop drinking fizzy drinks, I would listen. <laughs> <laughs> You'll end up like me. Um, what about, I, I, I really like the, the, there's that opening section of sort of Bioshock in the medical pavilion, like the first sort of big character villainy, it might like the first sort of boss, oh, I guess. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is um, like, a, like the, the sort of head of, head of medical stuff in Rapture. And he's kind of um, like pinning corpses to the walls, and there's—I think it's—is it some plastic surgery stuff with him as well? Yeah, like he's trying idea... to make like beautiful women. Yeah, like I just—I re- just remember that because you know those games are basically that encounter again and again. Like you go to a place and discover the maniac who runs it, and it just <laughs> has a big impact because it's the first one. Pretty scary that era as well. It is scary, yeah, because he, he jumps out at you a bit, doesn't he? And then there's dr- Sander Cohen as the next guy, is the, the artist, who's just also strung up loads of corpses everywhere. Yeah, people like doing that in that place. You'd fit in with your, your chocolate murder, though. <laughs> Imagine you as a Bioshock villain, Matthew. A you chocolate just, murder? Do you remember, yeah, you murder people by encasing them in chocolate? Oh, God, that's a, that's a deep uh, EWS cut. cut. Yeah. Oh yes, what a silly joke that was, says Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. You enter a level in Bioshock and then you just see like people encased in chocolate. Yeah. I always <laughs> had a soft spot for Dr. Ned from Borderlands. No, not Dr. Ned, Dr. Zed. Doesn't matter what his name is. Because uh, Borderlands characters are very hit and miss. Like They've all got one joke. And if it's not funny, you're stuck with it for hours and hours of repetition. But if it tickles you, then it's great because there's hours and hours of repetition. And I like Dr. Zed. It was a simple gimmick. He was just sort of a, a, like a completely dispassionate redneck cosplaying as a doctor. Uh, and he clearly had no medical knowledge at all, but his whole brand was just being a doctor. and. <laughs> You know, that, that's quite a common archetype, but I thought he was quite good. And his, you got to hear his little voice a lot with the vending machines. That's how to do it. I do like the doctors in uh, Theme Hospital and Two Point Hospital as well, because they all have little um, uh, traits as well. Like they can be irritable or grumpy, or they can be like have a good bedside manner and stuff. And, and they, might, like, they might get tired more quickly and need to go to the staff room more often, things like that. Uh, I I'd like them. Just like to create a hospital of really irritable doctors. Oh, That's avoid the, dream. the obvious joke. That's just all of them, isn't it? Well, hey, yeah. I went, My uh, GP surgery has one guy who's brilliant. Uh, he has like a big, like he's a proper old school like caricature of a, a UK doctor. He's like late middle aged dude. Um, tall, checked shirt, uh, and has a wing, like a green wingback chair behind his desk that I assume he must have brought in from home, right? Uh, and I went to see him because I had to do um, a bunch of flying and I hate flying a couple of years ago. Uh, so I was like, look, I hate flying. And he was like, yeah, I'll just give you a bunch of uh, dad's pam. It just gave me like loads of it. He was like, don't. Don't take it recreationally, will you? But gave me like, what lord? Isn't that what you used to be good at sniping in Metal Gear? I don't know. I don't Is think Guys Pam does make you very good at sniping. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought do? so. No. Well, it makes me very sleepy. 
it the just sleepy it, sniper. It it uh relaxes you. It like it, you take it and then you stop feeling uh fear or anxiety or kind of most things really. For me, uh, anyway. I think I'm definitely confusing that with something else in Metal Gear. <laughs> Your Matthew know, just well, you never know. Popping a load of tranks before uh, settling down into his ghillie suit. Old napsilly Zeitserv over here. I mean, I guess it would make you, like, you know, calmer. But, uh, but also probably... Yeah. It is, no, it is in Metal Gear. You use diazepam to steady your aim when using a sniper rifle. Well, actually, if you take enough of them, it severely depresses your respiratory function, which I suppose would be good for that thing where you hold your breath to get a really precise aim, you know, b- before your respiratory system collapses. I don't, I don't really trust Metal Gear with pills, though, because in Metal Gear Solid 3, there's that pill which you can use to like kill yourself or fake your death so that if guards come up to you they walk away but if you're in that state for too long you actually die so it is some kind of like death pill oh yes, imagine if Kojima was Romeo and Juliet yeah that's it sorry what was that Nate imagine if Kojima was your GP though you'd just never get a straightforward treatment would you no that's true and do that so wait like you take Cause I'm not that familiar with Metal Gear, so you take this pill and then the guards find you and then go, oh, "That's a dead guy." Well, yeah, but you then need just... this pill and then you basically look dead. So I guess it like slows your pulse or something. So you 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 appear dead and they're like, they're like, "Oh, it's just some dead guy," <laughs> and then they walk back. Then they leave you alone. But 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 they leave you there. They're like, "We'll just leave this dead guy who has appeared from no." How did this dead guy get here? No, none of that. They'll just be like, oh, yeah. I mean, we'll leave that guy, corpse like, there. This dead guy's like in camouflage, has loads of spy equipment. Like he's obviously, yeah. he's obviously a dead spy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but but I mean, but you are talking about a universe where you could alert a guard by like shooting them in the arm, and then as long as you can hide for like sixty seconds, they're like, oh, I guess, I guess nothing shot me in the arm, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, just one of those nonsense stealth things. Um. But I did want to briefly discuss as part of this topic why it is that um, doctors are, are baddies quite a lot. in Not just in games, but a lot in games. Why, why is it that we're, we always go to that kind of evil doctor world? Because I feel like my analysis is it's either because everyone's a bit afraid of doctors or because, uh, you know, we put our trust and our care and our lives into the hands of doctors. So a doctor being evil is like the worst thing, kind of. I think that's a very like thoughtful and intelligent answer. I reckon the real reason is that they're the easiest possible explanation for there being a big, lumpy, muscly monster. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... So, okay, uh, we want there to be like a massive you know, pile of tumours with fangs. Why can this exist? Uh, made by toxic waste, thanks to a negligent corporation. Now, nah, a bit too played out. Uh, made by a mad doctor. Brilliant. Let's do that. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, just monster factories. That's, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. But also, doctors are frightening. Like your thing about, yeah, everyone being a bit afraid of doctors because there's that whole sort of Venn diagram intersection with interrogators and things like that because it all involves basically being secured to furniture and getting beasted, Mm. which happens to most protagonists at some point. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Although, like... It's familiarity begets contempt as well. Like I, I much prefer nurses to doctors now. Mm. Doctors are terrible at taking blood because <laughs> they don't, they don't have to do it that often. So when they are forced to do it, they absolutely banjax it up. But they still got the kind of pride that they used to do it loads and were really good at it. So they're like, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, like, of course I can do that. Why are so many doctors so tall? 
Because you pointed that out, Alice, and that is bang on. And it weirds me out. Why are they so massive? I don't know. If you're a doctor listening to this podcast, first of all, uh, apologies for the many generalizations we're making about doctors. <laughs> yeah, this and, is horrendous. Uh, sorry. <laughs> and thank you for your service. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. I'd be dead minutes, without you and your clap. colleagues. <laughs> yeah, let's do a minute's <laughs> Uh, maybe um, like they're, maybe they're big and you feel comfortable if they're big because you're like they've got more body than me so they know more like a lot about bodies <laughs> like if that's how much body they've got they're definitely going to understand my tiny body in comparison like by like the, the flip of that is because i am big most doctors are small and i'm like mm, what do you know about a body this big <laughs> yeah but that way we'd all want like you know, the mountain off of Game of Thrones to well, be our no, GP. Not, not everyone needs that. You can have a range of doctors, but you just have to match them better. So, like, there's a ri- like you basically have like Richard Osmond type, who yeah. is you know who is who reserved for very ones. tall patients. You should be able to demand a doctor who is at least an inch taller than you. I think. Do, so, by that logic, do you think that like zoo vets are just making it up? Like, if some if someone calls a vet and is like, "My elephant's sick." Do you think then the, the ground shakes and uh, the door's just pulled from its hinges. It's the immense form of the zoo vet. The only, yeah. like, this 18-foot-tall nightmare <laughs> of a person who's the only person big enough for an elephant to trust them to go under anaesthetic. <laughs> well, it would have to be an elephant. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's bogus that humans can claim to understand animal bodies. <laughs> You'd be surprised how much of, like, when you get into fish and things, there's so much guesswork going on because a lot of the, the fish in the aquarium trade haven't even been fully scientifically described yet. Like, right. someone yeah, I saying that before, yeah. Yeah, just, like, grabbed a few catfish from some creek in Venezuela and they've now been captive bred and there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of them, but still... No one's done any actual research into them. So, yeah, the, the veterinary work is very much a, based on best guesses with those guys. That, that's why I think that um, the, being a GP must be one of the hardest jobs. Because if you specialise, you specialise. Like if, if you're a kidney doctor and someone comes to you, then you're like, right, let's have a look at them kidneys. you know. But if, if you're a GP and someone is like, oh, my tummy's hurting a bit or whatever. You have to like go through all the most likely things first and then like use educated guesses and stuff and then maybe look up some stuff after they've gone to see if there are other things that present that way and stuff. So I have a lot of sympathy for, for GPs. It's mind-blowing. I cannot comprehend how a human brain can do that. Very yeah. clever people. See, we're well making done. up for it now. Yeah. Even though you're all massive... But but also there's just that like the human body is amazing as well. Um, it's like a, a ridiculous like theme park of interlocking rides uh, that there is no there are so many ways for it to go wrong that it's kind of incredible that it works at all. Like um, uh, I I have to have iron infusions sometimes because I'm anemic, so I have to have blood infusions or iron infusions. And I'm not allergic to iron, but if I get an iron infusion, I have to have it done really slowly because otherwise my body just freaks out and goes like, where's, where's, all, the, where's all the iron coming from? And then I sort of faint. Um, so but, your body think it's turning into a robot and freak out? Yeah, I'm very vulnerable to Magneto. <laughs> oh, extremely vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Too much iron in the blood. And <laughs> uh, but So I had to have it done really slowly, but the entire time I... I'm having an iron infusion. I can see my vision uh, gets all kind of like pinpricky stars in it, like tiny little ones that glitter. And I don't know why. Don't know. Just uh, asked a, a nurse, and they were like, "It's probably fine." <laughs> Too much iron in your peepers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they took it. They took the infusion thing out, and it was fine. But it's just while I was having it. Oh, that's weird, isn't it? What's going on there? But that's why I really like the the way doctors and stuff is done in theme hospital and and two point hospital 
because it is all ridiculous. You might as well lean into that. It's really stupid. The human body is stupid. Mm. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one. It would be really hard to have any kind of middle ground with a hospital simulation that isn't incredibly like worthy and well researched and serious, or two point hospital slash theme yeah. hospital. Because if you in- introduce any levity into it while treating it seriously, you that's really uncomfortable. You either have to have two-point hospital or you have to fu- have a full-on simulation that's so detailed that like whenever someone dies, you have to have like the coroner conversation mini game with like oh, the family. <laughs> well, this is where I always thought like, and this is to get a bit serious, like despite being a very good game and very much the kind of game I like, I just feel too uncomfortable playing Prison Architect because it's a well serious topic and it's occasionally very serious about it in game and then isn't. Mm. And I can't, you know, I, I don't think it's like really huge, you know, I don't think it's a horrible game or anything. And like I say, I do think it is actually quite good. I just think it started off maybe as a, let's make a supposedly knockabout prison simulator that's actually a biting satire. Mm. I thought, I think that was the original intention. And then it became, let's make a generally lighthearted sort of business management game with executions. That has YouTubers in it. Yeah, yeah, that too. You can execute a YouTuber. Yeah, they put like, uh, a bunch of different like there's a Jacksepticeye little fellow in there and stuff there's there's YouTube I can't remember which DLC it was or if it was just a thing they implemented oh, that, that sounds good yeah <laughs> put Mr Beast in a prison oh but, wow now we're talking oh my goodness unleash the beast that's <laughs> what they'll chant outside <laughs> <laughs> oh no unleash free free the beast <laughs> uh. Mr. Beast. But well, that's why I like Surgeon Sim as well, because that's talk about worst doctors. Like, in terms mm. of, of uh, competence at one's job, Surgeon Sim, you're a terrible doctor. Is, is that just designed like that it can never go right? That's just an outright comedy game. You can't play that yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you can. It's, re- it's well interesting. I, I played some of the Surgeon Simulator 2. I did a preview with the developers and, and actually played with them for quite a long time. And so it's the controls. It, it's got a deliberately comedy, quirky control scheme. Mm. And if you, if you master it, you can actually do things incredibly deftly. That's the weird thing about it. Like if you're playing it at what you would call a high level, I suppose... Because you've, you know, you've got keys corresponding to every possible rotation of every limb or whatever. If, I guess it's like a human body, right? When you're born, you've got all of these motor neurons and no idea what to do with them. So you just flail around like an idiot for a year. Mm. And then gradually, you, if you think of someone like playing that game from... Red Dead Redemption, where you stab between your fingers, mm. but you mustn't stab your actual fingers. Mm. You know, to think that that's possible for someone who starts off with a baby's nervous system <laughs> is quite impressive. And I suppose it's the same with, with Surgeon Simulator 2. If you are willing to devote the same amount of time to it that a baby devotes to learning to be human, <laughs> what couldn't you do? You know, what, it, it is an amazing it? control system. It's just, yeah, it takes a bit of mastering. <laughs> My God. Oh, I do actually have a, a medical adjacent fact uh, about a um, prison architect as well. I saw that. I mean, only the other day. So, uh, you know the Red Cross, as in the organisation? Yeah. Mm. And their symbol is a red cross on a white background. Yeah. Uh, and how that is is just sort of like... Now we read that as like, uh, you know, that means help. That means medical help, medicine. Hmm. Um, that's actually a protected symbol that you can't use, basically. 
Um, so, so, uh, so prison architect got sued by Whoa. the Red Cross for <sighs> for having their ambulances and stuff having the little Red Cross in it. Well, the Red it's Cross trademark trolls. No, it's not. It's not like a trademark thing. It's like an international law that's been in place since I think around the Second World but War. Everyone uses the the cross for health. Yeah, but when you think about it. Like the red cross on a white background, you can't think of that many instances of it. And actually, they have been cross apparently about it being abused in video games specifically. Like Halo used to have a red cross on a white thing, and they changed it in Halo Two to an H. Do they really worry it's, it's going to get to a point where someone's out in the world and they're wounded and they're looking for help and they see the red cross and they're like, "Now is that the red cross or is that Halo? Am I in Halo?" No, I won't go near it because I don't want to get killed by a brute. You know, <laughs> I, that's preposterous. I don't think it's that. It's not like a trademark thing where they're worried that, like, you know, how Google hate people using the term Google for search on the internet because it, right. it reduces. But, do they, but they don't, surely they don't think it's just going to cause confusion that people are like, oh, I don't know what that no, is. I think it's more that, like, they're sort of like, look, the Red Cross itself is a very worthy and serious organisation please don't use our symbol in your game about running a oh. prison If I had a brand of anything I would, I would be happy if it just became sort of ubiquitous with, with that thing If everyone who ate a burger was like mm, McDonald's, you know even if it wasn't a McDonald's and I was Ronald McDonald I'd be like happy that they associated all burgers with me So that's well no that's a different thing that's, that's and that's business wise a terrible strategy because that's why Google don't like the term Google being well, used ubiquitously because it means Google is a protected term. <laughs> this is why I'm not the Ronald McDonald, but a Ronald McDonald at a children's birthday party. <laughs> my my understanding. Oh my god! Imagine if you were. <laughs> I wonder how CEO Henry Hoover feels about this. <laughs> he would love it if everyone was like, "I'm going to do the Henrying instead of the Hoovering." <laughs> <laughs> So I just imagine if I, if you, if someone like booked a, a clown as a children's entertainer for like their kid's eighth birthday party, and then you. If I turned up, I think well, yeah. as long as I was properly dressed as a clown, you'd be like, I'm a bit like that's a big clown, that's a lot of clown for your money. That's good. It beats Warmo the magician, who yeah. was my my alter ego. <laughs> yeah, he's but not what? good. What? <laughs> So, sorry, Matthew. I just I just drink a lot of I just drink them out of that house and home all their Fanta. That's my party trick. I drink all the drinks at the party and then leave. It's Fizbo the clown. <laughs> They're like, do you do anything else other than drink all our Fanta? I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> Let's find out once I've drunk all your Fanta. <laughs> Look, here's Nate. He's got a lion with a crayfish's head. That'll distract you. <laughs> Yeah, I could be a good side hustle for us. Uh, Let's become clowns. I mean, that's isn't that what the freelance life is all about? Yeah. yeah technically, you could. There's nothing stopping you. Yeah. All right, let's, let's talk after the call. Although, <laughs> I'd be honest, I don't know if the grift would work that long. Uh, it's probably a lot about word of mouth, and then once one parent tells all the others that you just drink all their banter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I think we'd be there for a good time, not for a long time. <laughs> the, the one star Google reviews. <laughs> the thing is, if I saw a one star clown on Google and it just said he drank all our fizzy drinks, I would be intrigued enough to probably employ that clown. <laughs> You'd be like, what? You wouldn't you want to see what, what a truly one star clown looks like? Yeah, although I, it would probably wouldn't. It would be one star, you know. It'd be one star for a reason, right? <laughs> if that mm. was on your website, you just absolutely put it front and center. I am Chuggo the clown. <laughs> I will drink all of your fizzy drinks. <laughs> It's not a joke. You <laughs> <laughs> just go up in really half-assed clown makeup. Where's your fridge? It's just, uh, like, it's just sort of like Catherine's lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> but then, oh no, then it would it would subvert it, and parents would start hiring you to come to their kids' birthday parties and ruin them, and then and then they'd be like, "Look, you've got to not drink coke and eat broccoli, or you'll end up like him." And then, like, be good or Chuggo will come again. 
And then, I don't want to become like a lesson, a warning. I don't want to become like a warning to history. And then, then in like 20 years time, there'll be a Hollywood adaptation of the Chaco story. Mm. Starring Joachim Phoenix. <laughs> Introduce me as Chaco. <laughs> you know what happens when a clown drinks all your fizzy drinks? <laughs> You've got nothing in your fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, doctors. Doctors. (laughs) I found a mad doctor. Not, well, not a mad, mad doctor, but like a, a, wow, check out this guy. Um, in, In the Guilty Gear fighting series, there are two fighters in that who are like doctors who lost their minds became fighters in whatever the Guilty Gear tournament is, and they both carry six-foot scalpels. But they're two different people. It's not the same. They're two different people who've both taken that same journey. Wow. I hope they get together. Yeah. Unless unless I'm just, uh, you know, I, I haven't researched this properly, and they are the same person. One of them's got a paper bag on his head. The other one doesn't. So it could not be him under there. And they have six foot tall scalpels. They have six foot long scalpels. Yeah, they. Sort of Are we talking like medical buster swords? Yeah, they're just like yeah, giant scalpels. All their like you know, all their attacks are based on medicine. So he does like he's got like a giant syringe full of like a mysterious red liquid that he kind of drops on them from above and things. Imagine being the the weaponsmith or like the the blacksmith in that one town. Like, like you, like you're the the doctor, and you go in. You're like, listen, this is gonna sound crazy, but I need you to make me a six foot scalpel. And then you just kind of, you know, the blacksmith just kind of drags it. Buddy, you ain't gonna believe this. Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, that bit in a, a cop show where they're like, "What are you do? You're the second guy today asking me about this." <laughs> <laughs> Is that one of the Warhammer forty K Sopranos? Yeah, that's, that was that was Christopher. <laughs> Christopher Moltisanti. Or just just turning up at the fighting tournament, feeling all great about your six foot scalpel and looking across the room and seeing like another sheepish guy with one. One of us is gonna have to change. Yeah. <laughs> uh like we well, I think we probably wasted enough time. Let's uh Let's do a quick cavern of lies. Ooh. Yes, no, that's, please. That's the wrong noise, man. Oh, my, sorry. Eh? A cavern of lies. All right, welcome, welcome to the cavern this week, lads. Uh, as you can see, it's it's a it's a doctor's office. It's oh, it's got that horrible kind of hospital color wall. It's got that green carpet as a filing cabinet. Uh, one of those ancient uh, NHS CRT computers. Um, yeah, and, and one of those weird printy things that works only with uh, uh, the green uh, prescription paper that you get. This is cool. going to be very culturally isolating for anyone that hasn't used a doctor in the UK. Okay. Um, so th- this week, uh, I've got a list of illnesses that have been faxed to me by a doctor from Theme Hospital. Oh. Uh, but I think one of them is, isn't real. So I'm going to need you to help me figure out which of these illnesses is not actually one that appears in Theme Hospital. Because I guess that's the safe one to inject into ourselves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've got syringes full of illness. Nice. <laughs> Just like a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> because that can't go wrong. Yeah. Uh, please, if you're listening to this, uh, the, the Electronic Wireless Show endorses getting vaccinated. Please, please get vaccinated. Yeah. Please do. Uh, okay, so I'm going to read out. Ooh, what should I start with? Uh, are these theme hospital or two point hospital? The, or? These are theme hospitals. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they're all ones as well. I've chosen ones that didn't have a visual presentation to them. So there's nothing Ooh. like 
Yeah. So so you can't tell. So um, like all butterfingers and their hands are slabs of flora. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so that there are there are ones that are called like, you know, um there was King Complex was a good one where they just looked like Elvis and then a psychiatrist would tell them they weren't Elvis and then they would dress normally again. That kind of thing. Um Okay, uh let's go with um uh, wet stitches, which is a, oh. a, a pharmacy illness. Um, the cause is not waiting an hour after lunch before going swimming. The symptom is a painful moistness in the tummy. And the cure is a nurse administers a strong minty solution to clear both the palate and the stomach. That's, that's kind of disgusting, for starters. Mm, don't like that one. Wet well, stitches. Uh what else have I got? Uh, sweaty palms. Mm-hmm. That's a fun one. Is uh, is a psychiatric one. The uh, cure, the cause, sorry, is fear of job interviews. The, the symptom is handshakes with the patient are like grabbing a wec- uh, recently submerged sponge. And uh, the the cure is a psychiatrist must talk the patient out of this made up disease. Wow, I mean they've they've nailed the British approach to mental health treatment. Way. <laughs> I'll tell you what though, it is it is disgusting, isn't it? A sweaty handshake. <laughs> so There's great. a few I won't name names, but in games industry and there are some like there are a couple of people with like notoriously bad handshakes. Oh <laughs> that we should talk about this after. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> well, there are I say notorious. Then in my head they are. I'm like, oh yikes, that right, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, there's oh, there are a couple from surgery that I wanted to do because they're good. Um, all right, eye and lungs. That's a surgical uh, illness. So you have to build an operating theatre. Um, it's the causes inner city smog mixed with kebab remains. The symptom is ability to breathe fire and shout loudly underwater. What? <laughs> That's not yeah, a problem. That, that sounds like one I've written. <laughs> and the cure That's... is the cure is two surgeons operate to remove the cast solid lungs in the theatre. Why would you want to cure that? It does. Yeah, it sounds good. Doesn't but being it? able to talk underwater suggests you can breathe underwater. That's amazing. Uh, let's do another pharmacy one. Uh, the squits. <laughs> the squits. Yeah, um, the cause is uh, eating pizza found under the cooker. Oh, that's what did it. The symptom is, ugh, surely you can guess. And the, the treatment is uh, a glutinous mix of stringy pharmaceutical chemicals that solidify, solidify the patient's innards. Mm. Uh, Horrific. I'm going to do another, do another surgical one because they're fun. Uh, kidney beans. The cause is crunching up ice cubes in drinks. Uh, the symptom is pain and frequent trips to the toilet and the cause is two surgeons must re- remove the beans without touching the sides of the kidney oh these wow, are difficult made me do a lull these are difficult is that the full set yeah whoa I tell you what the thing about the kidney beans for some reason the crunching of ice that I know you could crunch up ice when Theme Hospital was made, <laughs> but in my head that feels modern, but that might just be because our fridge has got an ice maker, so I'm just having a lot more ice in my later life than I did. Uh, uh, yeah, ice is a very modern. Well, ice, fit, like, I don't know, I just feel ice is more available now and wouldn't have necessarily been on the minds of developers in whatever, 1998. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they didn't know about ice. Before the 90s, if water got to a point below zero degrees Celsius, it became ale. <laughs> All right, so the, well, the, the illnesses are uh, wet stitches, sweaty palms, uh, what did I do next? Uh, iron lungs, the squits, and kidney beans. God, that's like the nightmare Spice Girls. <laughs> T- tag yourself. <laughs> I'm iron lungs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one they call the squits. <laughs> wet stitches. Ah, <laughs> <I'm> wet stitches. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Come on, the lungs was ridiculous. The kebab remains. But that's too... That, you see, that feels... There's something quite 90s about that. That's why I think that's real. So kebabs are 90s and ice cubes ice are, are ice, 2020s. Ice is, ice is very millennials, but like a load of kebabs, that's lads in the 90s. And smog, I suppose. No one says smog anymore. Yeah, that one's... Okay, so you're ruling out iron lungs. Yeah, I don't okay. think that. I, the symptoms for that are just too weird as well to, for, for you to make okay. up. Let me just write that down. So we're left with wet stitches, sweaty palms, the squits and kidney beans. I, I, listen, I'm so sure about my ice theory. I'm, I'm, in, I've, I'm, gonna, I'm happy to inject kidney beans into myself. So Nate can pick one of the others. <laughs> okay. Wow. Okay. Um, I think. Oh, I think wet 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 stitches and sweaty palms are probably real. Iron lungs probably real. And what was the other one? The uh, uh, the squits. The squits and kidney beans. Are the- oh, you can join me in injecting kidney beans, of course. Do you know what? We ride together. We die together. Let's let's shoot up. All right, lads. <laughs> gonna, just gonna prepare you that okay. Gonna in, inject in your uh, in your shoulder a little syringe containing, Kidney I guess beans. the the yeah. I don't know how one would would uh, kind of distill the pathogen when the cause is crunching up ice cubes and drinks. Maybe um, just got a big ice making fridge there, and we both just. Yeah. Mash down on a big handful. Uh, do, yeah, do that. Um, uh, but listen, I'm going to have to book you both in to come back in six months because you're going to need surgeons to remove those kidney oh. beans. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. It was ooh la la. Turns out ice did la-la. always exist. Oh, well, no, yeah. it was nice. <laughs> was that, yeah, well, uh, the, uh, the real fake one. That I made up was wet stitches. Oh. Now that, you were crafty there, because that had, that, there's a really specific, like, bullfrog humour of being, like, slightly whimsical, slightly unnerving. But that parodied perfectly. I thought that was great. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, well, I, I, I was trying to, I, I was looking at the list of illnesses and I was like, they do a lot of puns and stuff and then a lot of things that are, and I was like, well, what, there's that urban myth, that urban legend that you can't go swimming after you eat, otherwise you'll yeah. drown. Um, and then I thought stitches is a pain that you get in your tummy, but also a medical thing. Cool. So, well played. Thanks. Oh, I can't believe I, I can't believe I didn't think they had ice in the nineties. <laughs> can't believe that, my body's that, full of beans. That has been one of your worst, yeah, <laughs> justifications. Idiot Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my cabin. Alrighty, all that remains now uh, is for us to wrap up this extremely cursed uh, episode. The Electronic Wireless Show with some recommendations. Um, so Matthew, Doctor Doctor, what are you going to recommend this week? Uh, we've been watching the Netflix Castlevania show, the anime, ah. um, which I thought was going to be rubbish, but it's actually it's quite entertaining. Um, it's sort of based on the more like the I think like the NES era kind of characters, mm. um, but it's. You know, it's quite quite violent. It's got some good action in it. Everyone's sort of it's a bit witchery in that they all kind of sort of swear like troopers and everyone's yeah. a bit down. Um yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, I watched the first se- series of that and it's very violent. Uh yeah, it gets much spicy. I didn't than that. care for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I wouldn't, but I but yeah, I've, I've, you know an episode at lunchtime. That's really uh, good. Gets the job done. Uh, I too am going to recommend a television show. I'm going to recommend uh, Ghosts, which is a BBC sitcom. Uh, and it just wrapped up its third series. Um, I only started watching it a couple of weeks ago. It's all on iPlayer. Um, and if you're American, I guess 
and you, you just don't get to enjoy it. Um, but uh, no, I think it's on an on-demand thing in America somewhere. Um, but it's really, really funny. It's basically this couple inherit um, a big old mansion, uh, but it's haunted by like nine, I think, ghosts who've died there from across t- time. So like the oldest one is a caveman uh, and the newest he's one. Great. Yeah, he's my favorite, but there's so little Robin merch. I bought some stickers that say Muna. Because <laughs> uh, he loves the moon, and then the most recent one is like a Tory MP who died in a in a sex romp, and so doesn't have any trousers on. But um, it's really, really good. Big fan. Ooh. See, I'm 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 kind of crestfallen now because I too started watching Ghosts last week, and this was going to be the one I prepared, but I did actually have a backup <laughs> I prepared for next week. Uh, now, aren't you impressed with me? Uh, yes, uh, I am. So I'm, I'm going to pull that forward. Um, it's the saga of the Meta Barons, uh, which I don't think I've done before, although I love it. Um, I'm really excited for Dune, and I love Dune-like things, like weird medieval-y space opera. Uh, and Dune, of course, nearly got an adaptation by... Uh, oddball, uh, mystic and genius Alejandro Jodorowsky, um, whose pronunciation of his name I just butchered, but he's amazing. Uh, and he nearly made a film of Dune. Um, he didn't. What he did do uh, was write um, a load of really weird sci-fi comics. And one of them is the saga of the Meta Barons. It's quite hard to track down a collected edition of it but it's worth doing the art's beautiful uh and it's an almost incomprehensible story chronicling uh the lives of a dynasty of of futuristic superhumans with some really messed up family politics i love mm. it wow thank you very much so sorry for accidentally uh yoinking your recommendation nate ghosts is wicked though it's, oh, it's, it's just so lovely as well yeah. it's that it's like, you know, it's low intensity sitcom without being unfunny, which I really like. And it my, is really funny. My stepdad's very minor claim to fame is that his uh, building company is doing work on the house where they filmed ghosts. And uh, <gasps> his sign sometimes appears in some shots and things. Well, so, mm. goodness me. No, I... I didn't. I didn't think I was going to like it. Then I was quite suspicious because I saw everyone saying, "Like, oh, it's really good," and I was like, "Is it though?" Um, but because the people that did it had um, did horrible histories and stuff, which is really good, but also for kids. So I, I was like, "Are they going to be able to do a grown-up thing?" Um, but they have. It's very good, and I read it. There's a there's a kind of Regency poet kind of idiot in it and one of my my sense of humour is that sometimes he will suddenly shout and I find it very funny <laughs> but my favourite is the caveman he's great um, <laughs> well he is I, um, I haven't watched it well you should he's, Matthew he's big times uh, thank you very much Lister, for sticking with us uh, on this episode 156 of the Electronic Wireless Show the best doctors redux uh, cursed recording. Um, this is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming Podcast and the only podcast you need, in my opinion. And don't forget to look up Rock Paper Shotgun on uh, Twitter and Facebook and YouTube for more fun times. Uh, join the Discord. There's a link in the show notes to chat all things podcast and more. Uh, check out our merch where there's a lovely Cavern of Lies t-shirt. You can email into the podcast with questions, suggestions and feedback at podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. Uh, and there are other podcasts we do as well. Um, there's the PC Gaming Week Spot, which is a sort of current events uh, show on mm, Tuesdays, it happens. And uh, there's the fortnightly uh, Ultimate Audio Bag, which is all about shooters. Um, but for all your PC gaming needs, just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com. And until next week, it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell. It's goodbye from Dr. Doctor. Goodbye. And it's goodbye from undergrad Robotnik. I'll get that PhD off that hedgehog. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye.